What's up and welcome back to the DualSense podcast. This is episode number 98. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined as always by your other co-host. His name this evening is Bull Schmidt, also known as Travis, of course. What's good? I really like that one. You don't seem entertained. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I, I shouldn't have read it beforehand, but I was so curious because I saw the bull and the S and I need to see what the CH was and then have the dot, dot, dot. So I was curious. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I had another one, but I, I couldn't remember what it was. So bullshmith's what I, what I went with. Zencaster always makes me naturally curious because it hits me with the ellipsis, your mm-hmm. favorite term. So I can't see all of your name unless you did it like a five character name. Yeah. My whole life's been an ellipsis. <laughs> Same. One of these days you're going to log in and your name's just going to be an ellipsis. So oh, that's a good pop. idea. I should have done that one day. Mm. So I'll finally be able to call you ellipsis, which is mm. great. Well, we were just talking about how there's no good barbecue in this town and how you can't get the wings at this barbecue joint because they make you shit your asshole off. And, uh, yeah, they turn me into you. <laughs> they turn me into you. It turned you into me, correct? And did I talk about my colonoscopy last show? I think I definitely did. definitely talked about your colonoscopy. Okay, yeah. Man, they cleaned me out. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, so I don't need any help there mm-hmm. at all. Nothing good on my end. I just ate a little bit. I've been watching some Friday the 13th marathon on the AMC because it is Friday the 13th when we are recording. And uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. You're the history guy here, but... Friday the thir- the thirteenth. The history behind that is that that's when the Crusades began. Is that correct? Sure. I have a book about the Templars. I've never read it, so maybe I should do oh. that. Oh, oh. So you're not okay. So you can't no, confirm I, that. You I, can either I confirm like, nor deny that. No, I feel like I used to know. I feel like I, I, that sounds right. Because like it, it makes sense, right? Because yeah, you know the thirteenth. It's it's all bad, devilly, and stuff. Crusades, it kind of kind of lines up. I don't know. I always, I always wanted to be witches. That could just be some shit that I read in the Dan Brown book too. In my defense, so you know, it, it could be a total fabrication. Maybe they didn't start on a thirteenth of or Friday the thirteenth. I'm sorry. So who knows? Who knows? Well, anyway, Travis, we are a PlayStation podcast where you and I get together each and every week and we discuss all things PlayStation like news, rumors, new game releases, and much more. We do it all in under 90 minutes, and we post new episodes every Monday on all of the usual podcast services, as well as YouTube, where we also post gameplay videos, which we've been doing quite a bit of. You can also find us on social media at Twitter, at the DualSense Pod, as well as our Instagram page, where we post virtual photography from game photo modes, we also have a Facebook page and a blog, which is called the thedualsensepodcast.wordpress.com. So look us up and let's discuss PlayStation like several of you do. I've been conversing with many of you and a couple of you are interested to hear what I have to say about Ghostwire Tokyo, which sadly I have not been able to play yet, but I will hopefully very soon. So You got to give the people what they want. I got to give the people what they want. And uh, I will. I'm going to try to carve out some time this weekend to at least get a couple of hours in to be able to form some sort of opinion on it. So I'd like to give it like at least three or four hours to see. So I'll try. I'll do my best. But uh, before we move on here, Travis, I did want to mention 
I don't really think this is news. Um, this is more political than anything else, in my opinion, but it has made the rounds and it's been on Bloomberg and, and all that. So Jim Ryan did make some controversial comments in a company-wide email to all of the PlayStation employees about um, abortion and Roe versus Wade and all that. From what I've read, essentially, he said that their employees should respect each other's opinion and respect the differences of opinion and that um, respecting someone's opinion doesn't mean that you agree with it necessarily. And then he apparently followed that up with four or five paragraphs about his cat's birthdays and some other weird shit about pets. So I think it's kind of a two-part deal where he said something that I think is totally fine, but then he followed that up. He followed up a serious email with some tone-deaf bullshit about his pets. So I think people that upsetted people. I think maybe people were upset too about the fact that he didn't take the stance that they wanted him to take. But I, the only thing I really want to say about it, and if you have anything to say, you can, but the only thing I really want to say about it is that I didn't know that respecting other people's opinions, even if they're different than yours, was such a bad thing. That's all I really have to say. I thought that was, I thought that was really what we were working towards, but maybe I'm wrong about that. So I don't know. You're not, but that's the culture today. It's, it's, it's when I say culture, I mean, it's a very small minority, but they're loud. Mm. And you're allowed to have your own opinion as long as you agree with them. Mm. Anything else is a problem. So it is what it is. Fair. Nothing he said there is that controversial, but whatever. Sure. Sure. Anyway, so I did just want to acknowledge it and because uh, it's not news, like I said. But now let's really get into the news. Starting with number one. Publisher Electronic Arts and the world's governing organization for football and soccer officially announced the end of their near 30-year partnership this week, after months of rumors and veiled insinuations. The split kicked off with EA announcing that after this year's FIFA 23 release, EA will begin, quote, a new era in July of 2023, end quote, with the introduction of the EA Sports FC series. In a press release, EA Sports General Manager Cam Weber said, quote, Everything you love about our games will be a part of EA Sports FC. The same great experiences, modes, leagues, tournaments, clubs, and athletes will be there. Ellipsis. Our unique licensing portfolio of more than 19,000-plus players, 700-plus teams, 100-plus stadiums, and 30 leagues that we've continued to invest in for decades will still be there uniquely in EA Sports FC. That includes exclusive partnerships with the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, and Major League Soccer, and more to come. This new independent platform will bring fresh opportunity to innovate, create, and evolve. This is much more than just a change of symbol, as EA Sports were committed to ensuring EA Sports FC is a symbol of change, end quote. If you'll remember, it was first rumored in October of last year that EA was entertaining the idea of dropping the FIFA name on its annual release. EA CEO Andrew Wilson even went as far as calling the FIFA brand, quote-unquote, an impediment at an internal staff meeting. Reports from the New York Times claim that the two sides reached an impasse over additional rights and doubling of the licensing agreement by FIFA to $2.5 billion over the next decade. Guns point both ways, however, as and FIFA followed EA's announcement with a statement of their own. In it, FIFA outlined plans to launch a new football game series developed with third-party studios and publishers that will be, quote, 
providing more choice for football and gaming fans, end quote. Discussions with publishers, media companies, and investors are currently ongoing, according to the governing body, and will ultimately yield a direct competitor to EA Sports FC. In the meantime, FIFA already has plans in motion to release what they are calling quote-unquote non-simulation football games, the first of which will launch in the third quarter of this year, and is described as a quote, tailored gaming experience, end quote, featuring the FIFA World Cup Cutter 2022. In the strongly worded press release, FIFA president Gianni Infantino said, quote, I can assure you that the only authentic, real game that has the FIFA name will be the best one available for gamers and football fans. The FIFA name is the only global original title. FIFA 23, FIFA 24, FIFA 25, FIFA 26, and so on. The constant is the FIFA name, and it will remain forever, and remain the best, end quote. So... <laughs> What do you think about FIFA and EA sourly ending their partnership? And, you know, at the end there, Gianni kind of sounded like LeBron at the at the Miami <laughs> I thought the same thing. He's just counting shit up, dude. Come on. Okay, first of all, like, let's just start at the beginning. So yeah, we talked about this in October, and you know, I think if I remember correctly, my original reaction was kind of mixed. Like, I get it, but I also don't get it. And at the same time, you know, I don't really know what to make of it. Um. I have no doubt that EA will be able to make a, a soccer game that is good. Like they've they've been making a good soccer game for a very long time, and some of those mm-hmm. iterations have been fantastic and great. But most of them are good at the very least. They are good. They're above average, right? I think that's a fair yeah. statement. So I don't think that will change. The biggest hurdle for them is as long as they have the licensing to use the teams and the players. I think they'll be okay. I really think they'll be okay. Right. And they know that. That's why they're doing this. Um, I'm always a little bit... It's always weird when names change like this because I feel the same way like when, you know, like the Washington Redskins or the Commanders now or the Cleveland Indians <laughs> or the Guardians now. Like, it's so weird to me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're still playing sports and it kind of doesn't matter. So I feel similar... I feel similar to this situation for EA. As far as what the FIFA president is saying like this just seems like such a FIFA president comment at the end like we're going to make a game and it's going to be great it's like you're probably not just to be mm-hmm. honest like, you're going to use a third party studio so I would be willing to bet that if they don't use the PES platform let's say they don't use the, the PES platform that means they're going to use a platform that has never made a soccer game before more than likely mm-hmm. the odds that they're going to be able to beat a developer that's been making it for 30 years is, is not likely to me. That's just yeah. not in the realm of possibility. It might be good, but like, okay, you know, like best case scenario, you're hoping you have a NBA live versus 2k kind of thing. in it's heyday. There was like three or four years there where it could have went either way. Right. You kind of hope right. that that's what we're getting. I don't know if that'll happen. I, I just, I have a hard time seeing this happen. And also I'm not sure why FIFA is so worried about having a video game. Like, do they need this? Yeah. It's the most popular sport in the world. It's not really pushing your brand in that way. Yeah. So I don't get that at all. But, you know, the most interesting thing about all of this to me is, you know, is Andrew Wilson saying that the FIFA brand is an impediment at an internal staff meeting to what? What is it? What are they impeding you from doing, right? What is the innovation that FIFA, the licensing there, isn't allowing you to do? Is it because the agreement costs so much money you can't spend the money on developing an engine or innovating or whatever or is it because they're not letting you do like you know 
MLS street or something like that. That's my question. Mm. So, uh, mm. but no, like, listen, EA will be fine. I don't know what FIFA's doing here at the end. I think they're worried about the wrong shit because right now they're putting the World Cup in a country where they're killing people to have stadiums. So, like, I think they have bigger issues to worry about than a gaming license. FIFA's a mess, and it's kind of been a mess for you know decades now. There's been corruption at FIFA at the highest levels. Right. You know, countries paying for World Cups uh, for the right to host, etc. This just it amazes me how quickly this went bad and how sour this went so fast and uh, you know you you mentioned that why do they feel like they have to have a licensed game and you know i think it would be odd for the governing body of soccer to not have a game because all the other major sports do but to your point they don't have ea now and really the only other notable sports game developer to speak of is 2k and obviously they don't have a soccer game, so there's an opportunity there. But what what 2K studio are you going to go get to make a soccer game? Because I don't, to my knowledge, they don't have that experience. So you're you're going to be starting from the ground up in a way. You know, I I think if you're going to do something, maybe like you said, it makes more sense to just go get eFootball and call it FIFA, whatever. You know, go to Konami and do that. I don't know. The other thing is that. We're going to have, if that's the case, if let's say FIFA goes out and makes their own soccer game with someone new, as you said, then we're going to have four soccer games. <laughs> we're going to have EA's game. We're going to have eFootball. We're going to have that free-to-play UCL game um, that that studio is making on Unreal Engine 5 that we've, we've just got teases of. And then we'll have FIFA's game. We'll have four games. Mm-hmm for for one sport and that i mean that just isn't that just doesn't happen mm-hmm. for any of the other sports i mean we every other sport has one game except for like racing you know yeah but even then like the different the different forms of racing really only have one game Yeah, there's not 11 nascar games correct correct so that's odd that there's so much saturation in the in the soccer market of sporting games but you know i i think you're i think you're right i think you're spot on with the fact that EA is going to be fine because people, no matter what it's going to be called, I think a while back I said, you know, how can you do this? How can you have a a FIFA game or how can you have a soccer game, but not have the FIFA name on it? But then I think you and I talked more about it and we, we understood that no matter whether they have that FIFA branding on it or not, people are going to see that it's the EA sports soccer game and they're still going to call it FIFA. (laughs) If they call it, it's like clean. If they call it, yeah, if they call it EA Sports FC twenty four or whatever, they're gonna people are just gonna be like, Hey, did you, did you get FIFA? <laughs> I don't you know, so I don't know. I mean, but I think EA is going to be fine. They obviously have the pedigree, the experience, the studio, the resources, the infrastructure to just keep going. It sounds like they're going to be able to keep all of the major licenses. And so I guess that means that they've just that FIFA has no control over those licenses at all, which makes sense. This is wild, oh, and just as a whole, because they've been partners for almost thirty years, and obviously things fell apart pretty pretty quickly, uh, and in a pretty bad way. Mm-hmm. It's it sounds like FIFA got greedy, which doesn't really surprise right. me, given what I mentioned earlier about corruption and that they weren't backing down on mm-hmm. it. So it is what it is. Uh, it seems like a disaster for FIFA. It seems like a unnecessary loss of a revenue stream for really no good reason. Yeah, we we always talk about 
you know, fixing the low hanging fruit at work and like just have just just make the contract work. Like that's a low hanging thing for FIFA that we can get right. Yeah, and like you said, definitely greed here because you see that two point five billion up there over the next decade. I feel like FIFA was like, we want two and a half billion. Like this is an important revenue stream. You need to give us two and a half billion. We're not moving. And then Andrew Wilson walks out, puts his balls on the table and says, fuck off. I don't need you. And like, yeah, that's, I kind of respect him for that in a way. Like that. They're like, yeah, we don't need you. Watch me do this without you. I kind of like that in a lot of ways. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. The the other thing coming back to another point you made, what, what, what did EA really think that like they were impeded on by having the FIFA brand or like, what was FIFA not letting them do? Like to me, that smells like bullshit. Like I, (laughs) I just don't, I just don't believe that the FIFA brand was an impediment in any, like that sounds like, just marketing bullshit like we talk about all the time that just seems like pr marketing speak bullshit like something to say to make it sound like they had to do it you know we just fucking had to do it because they're not gonna let us do blank and that's what the fans want like get the fuck out of here guys you're making hand over fist for them i think that if you really wanted to do something that was within reason that they would let you do it with the license. So I'm not buying that. Yeah, I feel like that uh, if you could read Andrew's text to his buddies, like this, these fucking clowns wanted two and a half billion. And I was like, fuck off. And that that's it. That's like the re- that's the reason. <laughs> right. Number two, this week, Sony released its financial results for the last fiscal year, which ended on March 31st. Overall, sales were up 3% over the last fiscal year to $20.7 billion, with a B. While operating income, also known as profit, rose 1.2% to $2.6 billion. Hardware sales were the biggest growth area for Sony, with nine with a 9.5% increase year-over-year year to $6.4 billion. Meanwhile, network services were up 6.8% to $3.1 billion, and digital software and add-on content fell 2% to $10.8 billion. Sony shipped 11.5 million PlayStation 5 units during the fiscal year, bringing the total sold since launch to 19.3 million, but they missed their original target of 14.8 million PS5 sold during the year due to ongoing supply constraint issues. Sony shipped 1 million PlayStation 4 units as well, but that is down from 5.7 million the year before. On the software front, PlayStation sold 43.9 million copies of first-party studio titles out of the total 303.2 million software units sold across both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Digital downloads accounted for 66% of all software sales. Looking ahead to this year, Sony forecasts, quote-unquote, significant increases in the PlayStation division due to, quote, an expected increase in sales of non-profit, I'm sorry, non-profit, non-first-party titles, end quote, but a drop in profit due to, end quote, expected increase in costs, mainly for game software development at existing studios, end quote, in addition to the $3.6 billion acquisition of Bungie, of course. In terms of PS5 availability for the next year, Sony expects to sell 18 million PlayStation 5 units, and they feel confident that they can hit that mark, with Chief Financial Officer Hiroki Totoki saying, quote, 18 million units is what we feel very comfortable that we can get the parts and components for, end quote. Although he did add that this would still fall short of where the demand for the system is at currently. On the services side of PlayStation, Satoki is unfazed by a dip in PlayStation Plus subscribers, which is down several hundred thousand users from the third quarter to the fourth quarter of the fiscal year, only the second such dip in the last eight years for PlayStation Plus. 
Tatoki attributed the dip to a relaxing of COVID restrictions, seeing people return to normal consumer behavior, and also noting that average engagement and playtime remains high on the service. PlayStation also saw a dip of monthly active users from 111 million to 106 million from the third quarter to the fourth quarter, but Sony remains steadfast and instead has high expectations for the upcoming revamp of the PlayStation Plus service, with Totoki stating, quote, I would like you to have great expectations for this together with me, end quote. It's a very Japanese way to say that. And finally, Sony expects the Bungie acquisition deal to close by December 31st of this year, despite Federal Trade Commission review as expected. All right, so a lot going on there. Do you have any takeaways? Yeah, most of those numbers are not overtly surprising, so we'll just, I'll just leave those where they are. What I find interesting is he keeps saying that, or we keep hearing the narrative that there's like, the demand isn't, uh, the supply is not meeting the demand for the PS5s, but like, I don't feel like that's the case anymore. I feel like people can find them if they want them. Maybe I'm crazy, but I just feel like it's the opportunity is there. It's not like it was the second week after pre pre orders came out and nobody you couldn't find one in the world unless you're just setting on mm. Twitter. So like I don't I don't feel like that's as big of a gap as they're acting like it is anymore. I think they're still hiding behind that a little bit, which is kind of annoying to me, to be honest with you. Oh, okay, that's fair. As far as like, and it's kind of listen. He says he's not worried about the dip. Um, on the on the PS Plus subscribers and whatnot, but like, if if that's the case, then why are we revamping it? Like, we're revamping mm. it for a reason, and you can make the argument that well, Microsoft mm. has a a model that seems to be working better, or is more modern, or fits the new the modern user better. Okay, I can buy that, but also like, a good company doesn't make one decision based solely on a competitor like that. Like, you also have to have some sort of research or reasoning within your own company as to why. You should do it right there should be more than one reason why like i think the fact that they've lost some subscribers is a legitimate reason that they're looking at this the users you know like i said the, the active users dipped in the month also by like six million so i think that that's those are all legitimate reasons that you would try to revamp something i think um but you know what do i know i, I could be completely wrong about that that's just kind of how i see it i think you make a good point i, I it does it does seem uh, counterintuitive to go and change something that's not not necessarily broken, but that doesn't need changing. You know what I mean? So I think there's some validity to that. And, you know, maybe it is simply just trying to come to terms with your competitor in some ways, or maybe they're, they really are, uh, you know, back in the office concerned about the dip or the forecast at least. And, I, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I, I do think that they have an expectation for the new changes to the service to upsell us, meaning with the new tiers now, I think they are aiming to try to get people like you who are just on the regular PlayStation Plus to upgrade a tier, you know, and try to, to get that increased annual, monthly, quarterly uh, revenue from you. You know, it's it's that it's that subscription service model where, you know, Netflix wants to get you in there. They want you to forget about it and just let it auto renew every, every month. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, again, I think it is a good point uh, that you make of, you know, why change it if it doesn't need changing. So it's hard to say, but the 18 million units for the PS five, that's, that seems like a lot. I mean, they sold 11 and a half 
They sold eleven and a half million this year, so they're going to increase that by six and a half million. That seems like mm-hmm. a lot. They are going to change the model of the PS5 this year. That, if you remember, they've they've changed the internal chip for it to try to make it easier to produce and all that. So that's supposed to be happening at some point this year. They're going to make that switch. So maybe that's why the forecast is uh, more positive, I guess, or increased mm-hmm. from last year. Overall, though, PlayStation very healthy. They've been very healthy, and I think just as we as we going to talk some more here when we get to the MPD stuff here in a little bit. I think the market, the video game industry, is just kind of coming back to normal in some some ways from the pandemic, and things are still above where we were before the pandemic. But I think that some of these dips that we're seeing or some of this leveling out is is going to be normal, and it's something that. You know, obviously, the insane growth and uh, that we had during the pandemic wasn't going to sustain itself. I did think one thing I forgot to mention was, you know, forty, basically forty-four million copies of first-party studio titles, yeah, of the three hundred million software units. So that's like a sixth or a seventh of all the units were first-party, which seems like mm-hmm. a lot to me. I feel like that wasn't the case a decade ago. Like that seems like a lot. To yeah, that's a lot of games that they just, you know, they made all the profit on. You know, they didn't have to pay, you know, they 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 published themselves and you know, they didn't have to pay, you know, pay a cut of anything necessarily. So, yeah, that's a lot of games sold in general, but like you said a lot of first-party games as well and then of course digital games still accounting for the majority of software sales. I think in the future we're headed for an all digital uh ecosystem, no disc option. I don't know, maybe PlayStation 6 is when we see that. I don't know. We'll see what they do with the PS5 Pro. Number three, publisher Electronic Arts also put out their financial reports this week and revealed that they have an unannounced new major IP that works, as well as a remake, which is likely Dead Space, a new sports title, and a new quote-unquote partner title, which is likely Star Wars Jedi 2, all scheduled to release in early 2023. The company also said that they are quote-unquote, taking the long view with Battlefield 2042. Elsewhere, insider Tom Henderson reported that his sources claim the next Battlefield game will not release until 2024, while VentureBeat's Jeff Grubb reports that the upcoming Star Wars Jedi sequel is called Star Wars Jedi Survivor. EA CEO Andrew Wilson also pointed out in their earnings report that 31% of their revenue was from live service games, which is allowing their other traditional AAA projects to take more time in development. So, any thoughts on what EA has in the works, or maybe what that sports title could be? Sure, like the the Battlefield thing is interesting to me. Uh, if you follow the series, you could you could have done the math on that at least twenty twenty four, and maybe even mm-hmm. the end of twenty twenty four. If the new Battlefield, you know, that's coming out in two years or three years, if it doesn't go well if it goes like 2042 i'm not sure that we see one for a long time i, I think they might go a different direction and either revive a, a mm. dead ip or make a new one completely because i just feel like the, the the beating they're taking on 2042 i just don't feel like they want to do like that's you can't take two of those in a row yeah. so i think that's something to watch out for in the future as far as well, I'm always curious about new major IPs that are unannounced. I have no idea what that could be. As far as the sports title, I want it to be Fight Night. That's what mm. I want. I want it to be a boxing game. I have no idea if that's if that's even the case. Yeah, you know, I've heard 
like I like I like we tweeted earlier. I know they're making six racing games. That's a thing that's pretty well known. Um, they're all mm-hmm. different. Obviously, F one is always going to be one in the in the mix now. Uh, what else is there? Oh, Need for Speed is one that we know of. So there's two that we know mm-hmm. of for sure. And uh, what's the other one that I was thinking about just a minute ago? I know of I know of three off the top of my head, but I can't remember what the last one was I was thinking of. So anyway. A new sports title. I really hope it's boxing, but who knows? Maybe it's a. Uh, maybe they're going to compete with themselves on soccer. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you never know. It could be like a street title, like you said earlier. I, uh, I think I have no idea what the major IP is. I have no clue what that could be. It sounds like it's a new game, like not a sequel to anything. So, no idea on that. Uh, the sports title. I initially thought, yeah, Fight Night. Like you said, I was like, okay, Fight Night. But then I remembered, I had to go back and look it up, but Tom Henderson said a while back that they're working on a Fight Night game, but it's been pushed back while they focus on making a new UFC game. Oh, fuck that. So I wonder if it could be a UFC game, UFC 5 or whatever. I don't know when is a normal time to release a UFC mm-hmm. game because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> what about a WWE wrestling game? I mean, I don't, I don't know, though. See, I feel like WWE is one of those... It's one of those leagues that they don't want another licensed game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think I feel like they only want one. Like, they don't want to divide divide it up. So my theory, and I tweeted it earlier, but I think this could be because of the time frame in the winter. Like, I think quarter four, their quarter four is January, February, March. So I'm wondering if this is the return of NBA NBA Live. Could be. Uh, it would drop in the middle of the NBA season uh, in the winter. It would be after 2K puts their game out, and it's it's been quiet for a long time. So I'm just I'm wondering. That's my theory. Yes, and then the other thing I wanted to say was 71% of EA's revenue is from live service games. That is staggering. And I also think that says a lot about why PlayStation has 10 live service games coming out in the next four years because obviously there's a lot of money in it, but I think it also gives them opportunities to take their time mm-hmm. and to not have, you know, content droughts. They don't have to put pressure on the other teams to make, you know, the traditional single player games like God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, all that, et cetera. So mm-hmm. that that's something I never really considered, but I, that's a really good um I mean, this is why Andrew Wilson probably makes millions of dollars as the CEO of EA. <laughs> But uh yeah, that's mm-hmm. something that I think is very fascinating and I think that makes a lot of sense of why we're we're seeing that decision from PlayStation. You make an interesting point about about content drought. So when you're making seventy percent of your revenue from a live service and you're getting to add in content randomly that people pay for, sure they might be paying ten or fifteen bucks or twenty bucks right. a pop, but they're paying for like basically a demo linked version of something, an add on. So like you're making money and you're not really spending a whole lot of money to develop the content because the whole base of the game and all that framework already exists. Yeah. So that, that's kind of interesting. I, I think that must be why they're so profitable. Is it so making it is almost way more linear than making the whole game from scratch. It's, it's pretty much right there. Yeah, and that's something that they can monetize every few months or so. You know, like if you're if you have a live service game, you have a battle pass or whatever every three months or, you know, an expansion every three months that somebody pays, like you said, 10 or 15 bucks for or $20. And if you do that for two or three, four years, or if you're something like Rainbow Six Siege that's been going for six or seven years, 
and you put out a $15 battle pass every four months, like, you know, and you got millions of players, I mean, you can do the math. That's a lot of money. Number four, the NPD Group released their April video game industry sales data this week. Consumer spending across video video game hardware, content, and accessories fell 8% compared to April of last year. And year-to-date 2022 spending is down 8% from last year as well. The industry has had six consecutive months of year-over-year declines, but is still well above pre-pandemic norms as the market begins to return from whence it came. Hardware sales were up 16% year-over-year as console supply improved. The Nintendo Switch passed the PlayStation 4 as the fourth best-selling console in U.S. history and the sixth best-selling console overall. While PlayStation 5 led April in hardware dollar sales, Elden Ring was the second best-selling game of April, which led it to surpass Call of Duty Vanguard as the best-selling game of the last 12 months. The top 10 best-selling video games on PlayStation platforms were number 1, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, MLB The Show 22, which was 3 on the overall list regardless of platform. Third on PlayStation was Elden Ring, followed by Horizon Forbidden West, which was 7 overall. Gran Turismo 7, which was 9 overall. Call of Duty Vanguard. Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was 15 overall. WWE 2K22, although that does not include digital sales. FIFA 22 is 9, and Madden NFL 22 is 10. So, what do you make of... Any of this MPD data? We are regressing to the mean of video game sales, video game market. So it's amazing to me that Elden Ring has sold more copies than any game in the last 12 months. That is wild to me. Yeah, it's only been out three months too. Right. And I think that lends a little bit of credit to, I know that people are like, man, Call of Duty is really bad this year and it's down. I think the fact that a game like Elden Ring is outselling it is really giving that that kind of credibility to that mm-hmm. and also a fun thing that we talked about you know, we talk about so much you know we just talked about ea having 71 percent of their sales from live service games and then we have a game like elden ring that's really different than a lot of these live service games like it's, it's legitimately difficult there's a, a there's a there's a talent curve involved but it sells well right because it's a really good game so you know there's there's a market for both which is like the biggest thing i think that we can preach there's a market for both because I don't, I don't want to lose the Elden Rings of the world. But that being said, um, I, you know, WWE with the digital sales probably would have been easily been top five. Yeah. Which is crazy considering two years ago that game, people were inside <laughs> of bats and stuff. And it's yeah. a hell of a recovery. It's a recovery I didn't think we would see. And the fact that it's above Madden and FIFA is very interesting to me. Even minus the digital sales, that's wild to me. But um, other than that, um, nothing too surprising there. Um, I assume the Skywalker Saga would be, you know, those Lego Star Wars games always sell really well. Horizon, I just thought it would be lower for some reason. But other than that, nothing there is, nothing else that seems out of place there. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of drop in the industry overall is to be expected. I think that's going to continue uh, as the year goes on, just as we, you know, like we talked about, we get back to, Kind of the averages, the normal. Uh, so that's to be expected. Hardware hardware sales being up though. So we got we did get some supply. I guess that's why the couple of people that you work with were able to find PS5. They they had some supply mm-hmm. increases this month. And uh, the Nintendo Switch passing the PS4 is the fourth best selling console in the US, sixth best overall worldwide. Insane. That means they've sold over 117 million hardware units. 
And that just goes to show you that, in my opinion, Sony really fucked up by not <laughs> giving us a, another handheld or a, some type of hybrid system. And I think that they, although PSVR 2 looks cool, I think that they bet on the wrong horse with VR versus handheld or mobile, or not mobile, but portable gaming. And I, I think that they miscalculated there somewhere because I think that people don't just want to play portably like away from the house, but people want to play portably within the house. You know, they want to be able to play in the living room all family watches TV, whatever the kids watch, whatever stupid show that they're watching, that sort of thing. Now I think Sony just missed the mark on that one. And it's amazing that they just continue to concede that entire hybrid market. And everybody is really, except for steam. Now they have the steam deck. So they're, they're trying to compete. Yeah. Like Microsoft isn't responding either. So yeah, they've got the, I guess, whatever you can stream cloud, Xbox cloud to the, to your phone, but that's not the same. Like that's not what, that's not what people like me want. I don't want to fucking take my iPhone and play PlayStation games on it with my dual sense. That's not what I want. That's not the same. Anyway, I digress. So as far as the games, pretty crazy that Elden Ring passed Call of Duty for the last 12 months. Like you said, that says a lot about Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, I am a little bit surprised, honestly, that Skywalker Saga was number one. I did not expect that. I think that shows you the power of that IP um, with Star Wars. MLB The Show, of course, selling well. It will continue to all year. Horizon, I, like you said, I thought it would be a little bit lower, and I'm not so sure that that game is selling terribly well. I don't, I don't think it's meeting their sales expectations, and otherwise we would have, we would have heard about it already. I think in terms of what they've sold, uh, Gran Turismo Seven. That's about where I expected it. And then the last thing really on the list there, Spider-Man Miles Morales is back on the list there at uh, number seven and 15 on the overall list. That game is just insane. Sounds like it, or seems like it's going to keep going. Number five, PlayStation shared April's most downloaded games on the PlayStation Store this week. On PS5, the most downloaded game was, of course, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, followed by MLB The Show 22, Elden Ring, WWE 2K22. There you go. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, NBA 2K22, Cyberpunk 2077, Gran Turismo 7, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Madden NFL 22, Mortal Kombat 11, Horizon Forbidden West, all the way down there, Call of Duty Vanguard, Jedi Fallen Order, It Takes Two, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, Among Us, Grand Theft Auto 5, <laughs> Kana Bridge of Spirits, and The Elder Scrolls Online at 20. On PlayStation 4, the most downloaded game was MLB The Show 22 followed by the Skywalker saga and then Batman Arkham Knight at three, no doubt had something to do with the Batman movie coming out followed by Elden Ring at four GTA five NBA 2K 22 Minecraft WWE 2K 22 Red Dead Redemption two injustice two lots of twos little nightmares tiny Tina's Wonderlands, call of duty Vanguard, the last of us part two Naruto to Baruto, Shinobi Striker, UFC 4, Chrono Cross, The Radical Dreamers Edition, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Mortal Kombat 11, and The Crew 2 at number 20. The PlayStation VR list was essentially the same as last month, and the only noteworthy entry on the free-to-play list is that Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt debuted at number 3 on the list. So, any takeaways here? 
Yeah, the downloads kind of reflect more of where I thought things would stack up. Yeah. You know, Horizon West is pretty low. Yeah. As is Call of Duty. Um, you know, it's kind of wild. Like, after Madden, it's just a... I feel like just, there's just shit thrown at the wall after Madden. It's just like... <laughs> it takes two stuck. Cool. Like, you know, it's like it's like weird. Yeah. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I've heard some people talk about it. They really enjoy that game. They really like it. Apparently, people, like, legitimately, when they start playing it, they, like, burn through it. Like, they, like... Like, they just... Like they get hooked into it basically, and it's like all they play until they beat it. So sure. I'm not surprised that it's up there. That's a pretty good release for it. As far as the four goes, and I say this with love, the games on the four that are downloaded, it looks like to me that dads gave their kids the PS4, and then they <laughs> and the kids are just downloading the. These are games I, I picture kids downloading. You know what I mean? Like sure, whatever. I mean, it, like GTA Five and NBA Two K. Like I get it. Like it's you know like some random sports games. Hey, um, Narturo, Chrono Cross. Those feel like games kids play. <laughs> Mortal Kombat Eleven. Like it just seems like stuff that the kids would be doing because Whoa. all like like there's games on here. I have a Mortal Kombat shirt. There are kids on here that are <laughs> games on here that there's more games on this list that aren't full price, which makes me mm. feel like kids are trying to get them. Is what I'm trying to say. I see. It's just interesting to me. I think a lot of it on PS4 just reci- is getting recycled because there's nothing. I mean, there's there are no more new releases that coming. Well, at least from the first party coming on PlayStation 4. You know what I mean? Like Horizon was the last one. Well, I guess God of War is going to come too whenever that comes. So that'll be the last one that we know of. But a lot of coming, a lot of coming, a lot of coming. I'm more worried about the coming and not the going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. My my observations are pretty much the same as the NPD list. You know, Tiny Tina, Wonderland stands out to me as kind of hanging around there, and really nothing else surprises me. Um, I think the the Elder Scrolls Online made it in there because I think they just dropped a new expansion or, or about to something like that. Yeah, nothing really, nothing else really to say. Free to play, Blood Hunt debuting at number three. It'll probably fall off by the time we get to this this list next month. Is my opinion, my guess. Number six. All right, Travis, we have. A bunch of news nuggets here as well, of course. Feel free to join me wherever you see fit. First nugget, strangely, publisher Square Enix revealed in their financial reporting that they have plans to, quote, boost game development capabilities by establishing new studios, mergers, and acquisitions, etc., end quote, as discovered by Axios reporter Stephen Totillo. This, of course, comes immediately after selling three major Western development studios to Embracer Group just last week. Uh-huh. What the fuck are they doing? Do you think that they accidentally like hit hit send on a draft from like twenty eleven? I don't know. I think they I think they literally like, all right, fuck the West. Like get these guys out of here. Get them the right. fuck out. And let's make let's open up some more Japanese studios. <laughs> so That's cool to me. Yeah, that's what I think they're doing. I don't know. That's so odd to me. Like what what is going on at Square Enix? Jesus Christ. And they're talking about blockchain and NFTs and shit last week. Like, fuck off. Next nugget. Website Video Games Chronicle reported that the long-rumored new Silent Hill game has leaked, courtesy of insider Aesthetic Gamer, who is previously known as Dusk Gollum. All these fucking fucking reset era names kill me. Anyway, Aesthetic Gamer posted four leaked images from the game, which apparently is set in Britain. 
One of the concept art images even appears to be signed by Masahiro Ito himself, and it's dated October 20th, 2020. Ito, of course, is the monster designer and art director on the original Silent Hill trilogy. The images were quickly copyright-striked by their owner, and Aesthetic Gamer's Twitter account was temporarily locked, so that means those are real. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, we, we've known Silent Hill is on the way. Uh, this is the first real like leak of it that we know of. What about what, what do you mean? What about abandoned? That was a leak. That was Silent Hill. Yeah, well, we we still don't know what the fuck abandoned <clears throat> is though. We have no <laughs> we have no idea. It could be anything. It could be Kojima. Nobody found Ito written in the blocks or anything. Oh um, well, we're gonna have to go back now. We're gonna have to go back. Next nugget. Warner Brothers Montreal's open-world cooperative RPG Gotham Knights has ditched the last-gen versions of the game and will now come only to PlayStation 5 when it launches on October the 25th. They also released some new gameplay this week, and it looks fucking terrible. Yeah, one of my thoughts was, like, did they release the gameplay, or, or did they get some gameplay and they knew it was awful, and they were like, let's just say that was on PS4, and then we'll only do PS5, and that'll be like know. the way to salvage it. It looks fucking boring. It just looks so fucking boring. And then they showed the menu. It's like leaning really heavy into like the the RPG like loot shit with the stats and whatever. And uh-huh. to me, like immediately when I saw the gameplay and saw what they were trying to do with all the all that shit, I was like, oh my god, they're doing to Assassin's Creed what Odyssey and Valhalla did. Like this is they're t- they're they're totally ruining the Batman Arkham shit mm-hmm. by doing this. This is what they're doing. So I wish them well. Also, Ubisoft shared their fi- uh, annual financial results and forecast for the upcoming year this week. They reiterated that both Avatar Frontiers of Pandora from Ubisoft Massive and Skull and Bones from Ubisoft Singapore will be out by March 31st of next year. The sequel to the original 2009 Avatar film releases this December, so they may be aiming for some synergy there. Meanwhile, Travis, Skull and Bones has been rated for release in South Korea, which means it is only a few months away. That fucking blows my mind. Really? Yeah. Especially when they rebooted it like two months ago, it seems like. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're running crunch with a Singapore stick, I guess it's pretty easy to get it done. That's, uh, that's fair. That's fair. When you got the government shoving Singapore sticks up your ass. The Avatar Frontiers of Pandora game does not interest me at all other than the fact that it's made by the same guys that made The Division. So I'm like morbidly curious about it, (laughs) but we'll see. Also, the delayed Resident Evil multiplayer game, Resident Evil Reverse, has been rated for Google Stadia, which means that it releases just a few months away. EA's Motive Studio held a new live stream for the Dead Space remake this week, if you're interested. They also announced that the game will release on January 27th of next year. Legendary British game developer David Ward, the co-founder of Ocean Software, passed away at the age of seventy-five. I thought he made. I thought he made Infinity Ward. <laughs> you you would think, right? A new Mass Effect N Seven Day collectible has outed the return of Commander Shepard for the upcoming revival of the series. Although Bioware has said that that's not what they were trying to do, but we'll fucking see. Publisher Two K announced that WWE Two K Nineteen and 2K20 servers will be shut down on June 30th of this year. New firmware updates for the PS3 and Vita dropped this week and have disabled PSN account creation on the devices. Users will now have to use a smartphone to create an account. Tony Todd, the actor who plays Venom in Insomniac 2's Spider-Man. Oh my god. 
Insomniac 2's Spider-Man. Fuck the shit. <laughs> Fuck the shit. Tony Todd, the actor who plays Venom in Insomniac's Spider-Man 2 game, has been has begun motion capture work on the project. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll do it live. Fuck it. Uh, EA, de- EA developer Codemasters confirmed that Criterion Games and Codemasters Cheshire are merging to continue uh, working on the Need for Speed franchise moving forward. Cheshire Cat has already been supporting development on this year's Need for Speed title that is soon to be announced. Also, Sony Interactive Entertainment has registered a new PS5 model in Japan, model series CFI-1200, which features updated radio equipment at the very least. Mark, of course, doesn't even have a radio. I know, I want to listen to the fucking PBS News on mine. Of course, a more significantly redesigned model of the console featuring a new semi-custom CPU from AMD will go into production in the second quarter or second or third quarter, I'm sorry, of this year in an effort to combat chip shortages, as I mentioned earlier. Publisher Square Enix says that it plans to make an announcement soon about the 35th anniversary of Final Fantasy. Sega, or Sega, or Sega stated in their financial reporting this week that it has multiple remakes, remasters, and new games scheduled to release by April of next year. Publisher 505 Games announced a digital product showcase for May 17th. They, of course, they of course are the publishers of Control and Death Stranding on PC, among other, other games. We'll see about that. The PlayStation 5 received a firmware update this week that naturally improved system performance. There was also a PS4 firmware update this week. Developer Remedy Entertainment released new concept art for Alan Wake 2, and it appears to be leaning heavily into the horror side of things. Elsewhere, the in-development Alan Wake television series has been picked up by television network AMC. Hmm. Interesting. That, That is interesting. That is. I'll check that out. Techland has delayed Dying Light 2's first story DLC to September. Developer Funcom is hiring for its in-development next-gen open-world survival game based on the Dune franchise, which it acquired the video game rights to in 2019. Hmm. Man, they got out ahead of that just in time. Right. I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but uh, Christopher Walken's going to be in the in the Dune sequel. I did. Um, that makes me very excited. You, but Yeah, but is he going to talk like he does in Wedding Crashers? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> hey! Yeah. He just took me out of the movie completely. <laughs> Oh, that would fucking kill me. <laughs> also, website gamesindustry.biz reported that popular indie life simulator game Stardew Valley has now sold 20 million copies worldwide. Website Pushsquare reported that leaked documents reveal Polish horror game developer Bloober Team has signed a, quote, significant license and distribution agreement with Sony Interactive Entertainment, end quote, which mentions select games from the studio being made available as part of a, quote, new distribution system, end quote. Most likely, the revamped PlayStation Plus. Very interesting. Sony remains the second largest moneymaker in the game, shake that moneymaker, in the gaming industry with $18.2 billion in revenue for the last fiscal year. (laughs) Outdone by only $0.10 outrageous $32.2 billion in revenue for the year. That's crazy because they spent, they probably spent $50 billion buying shit, I feel like. (laughs) <laughs> right, no kidding. They also tweeted at us earlier. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking did, man. I reported that real quick. Fucking hell. Also, Konami just had its most profitable fiscal year ever, thanks in large part to free 
to play card battle or Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Makes sense. It's free to play, but they made money. Yeah. The PS5 version of Deliver Us the Moon has been delayed from this month to sometime in June. <laughs> Did they come out and say, ah, June-ish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it in June. Genshin Impact developer MiHoYo, 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 announced their next title, an action RPG called Zenless Zun Zero. Zone? Zone, I get whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that is that word, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Zenless Zone Zero. <laughs> oh, in my head it was done, but with a Z. <laughs> All right, it was not specifically announced for PlayStation platforms, but that seems inevitable. After the success of Genshin Impact, developer Media Tonic is teasing a big Fall Guys announcement for next week, likely announcement of coming to Xbox and Switch. Mm. A trademark for RPG series Shadow Hearts has been filed in Japan, likely to do with its inclusion in the PlayStation Plus premium tier as a retro game. Warner Brothers Games is holding a closed alpha for its free-to-play multiplayer platform brawler Multiversus on PS4 and PS5 this week. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm excited. Deathloop received a new update this week, which adds a photo mode and various accessibility features. The final game in the My Name is Mayo franchise, My Name is Mayo 3, will release this week on May 17th. Easy Platinum. Yeah, that's the, the one of the notoriously easy Platinum trophy games, like you said. Super Smash Brothers style brawler Lego Brawls will release on PS4 and PS5 this summer. Survival horror virtual reality game Green Hell VR Quest Edition is currently in development for PSVR 2, and it's planned for release sometime in 2023. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Epic Games and Sony are working together to resolve issues with input lag in PS5 fighting games developed on Unreal Engine. It's weird. Chipmaker AMD is hiring engineers to work on a new system on chip for the next PlayStation, presumably a PS5 Pro. Insider Tom Henderson reported that the Modern Warfare 2 reveal will take place on June 8th. Fuck yeah, let's fucking go. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. Dauntless, Deathloop, Rainbow Six Siege, Rainbow Six Extraction, The Division 2, Destiny 2, Rocket League, Shadow Warrior 3, Stellaris, and Dreams. So if you've been waiting for some new content or fixes, check it out. PlayStation China Hero Project game Fist, Forged in Shadow Torch, will get a physical release on PS4 and PS5 in the third quarter of this year. A major content update for World War II FPS Hell Let Loose will hit PS5 this week on May 17th, featuring new maps, new weapons, and new vehicles. Let's fucking go. Publisher Capcom revealed that they have plans to launch multiple major new titles by April of next year. Bulletstorm and Outriders developer People Can Fly have five new projects in development, including one with Square Enix known as Project Gemini, one with Take-Two Interactive called Project Dagger, and a self-published title known as Bifrost. They have two other titles in the concept phase. Website Gamatsu reported that side-scrolling action RPG The Vagrant is coming to PS4 and PS5 sometime in June. This sounds perfect for you. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm a vagrant. As you know, action RPG Sword and Fairy 7 will release on PS4 and PS5 worldwide sometime this summer, rebranded as Sword and Fairy Together Forever. Sounds more gay now. <laughs> it does. 
The PS4 version of Behind the Frame, the finest scenery, will launch on June 2nd. Puzzle adventure game One Shot World Machine Edition will launch on PS4 sometime this summer. Interactive story game Wayward Strand will launch on PS4 and PS5 on July 21st. Puzzle adventure game Silt will release on PS4 and PS5 sometime in June. Very heavy, like limbo uh, and um, inside vibes from that game. I know that means nothing to you, but it will to some people. Episodic uh, narrative game We Are OFK mm-hmm. will release on PS4 and PS5 this summer. What, is, what does OFK mean? Uh, OFK is a band, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I meant We Are O-fucking-K. <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> fantasy action game Solstice will launch on PS5 this fall from developer Reply Game Studios. And pre-orders are now available for you suckers. Mystery adventure game Project Code M was announced by, uh, for PS4 by developer Novect, but no release date was given. Little Witch No Beta will exit early access and release on PS4 on September the 29th. Publisher Game Mill Entertainment announced, announced DLC characters Jenny, Hugh Neutron, and Rocco for their platform brawler Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. What's a Jenny? I I don't know. I can't remember what she's from. I, I should have wrote. I almost typed it in there, but I was like, that I don't like. So, <laughs> Wonder Boy Collection will release on PS4 on June 3rd. Muso game Warrior Orochi 3 Ultimate Definitive Edition was rated for release in <laughs> Australia. Ultimate and Definitive. They don't they, they don't need both of those for. <laughs> it couldn't be either one. It had to be both. And finally, Travis Gamatsu reported that Ubisoft will release the previously China-exclusive Rabbids game, <laughs> Rabbids Party of Legends, for PS4 worldwide on June 30th. What a treat. And that is all for the news this week, and I'll now turn it over to Travis for this week's new game releases. On May the 9th, we had the Slovak run. Interesting. We have, On the 10th, we have Euden Chronicle Rising. Lethus Path of Progress, Rage Among the Stars, Salt and Sacrifice, This War of Mine, Complete Edition, Unpacking, We Were Here Forever. None of those sound fun. Zero percent. Marriage. I would. Which part? Unpacking, This War of Mine, <laughs> Salt and Sacrifice. Yeah, it sounds right. Rage Among the Stars, all of it. All of it. Um, anyway. Slovak Run. If you, maybe, if you put a gun to my head, I'd play the Slovak Run because it sounds way more interesting. Okay, on the 11th, yeah. we have ACA Pro Tennis Court, Pro Tennis World Court. Hmm. What does that mean? Pro Tennis, they have a like a Supreme Court? Anyway. Yeah, you have like Circuit Court, District Court, Tennis World State Court. Court, Supreme Court, and the Tennis World Court. <laughs> we also have Dogs Donuts. Flippin' Cactus mm. with a K. <laughs> Horror Bar VR. Infinite Link. Horror Bar. Rogue Lords Soundfall. Source mm. of Madness Tourist Bus Simulator. On the 12th, we have the Centennial Case, a Shijima story. On the 13th, mm. we have Evil Dead the Game and Instant Port Sport Plus. Terrible. None of these games are look fun at all just based whoa um, i know you played one of them um <laughs> whoa 
tourist these bus simulator games are always killing me so tourist bus simulator makes me feel like you ride the bus instead of driving it which does not sound fun <laughs> at all that's funny yeah i mean there are a couple of notable games here that i would like to point out first of all unpacking just won a bafta award and it's supposed to be very good very uh zen uh, indie game puzzle game uh, relaxing game also, Salt and Sacrifice is a big one. Uh, Salt and Sanctuary game was very popular and very good on PS4 and Vita back in the day. So now this is the sequel to that. It's out. Sadly, not on Vita, of course. Um, Ayudan Chronicle Rising is the companion game to the upcoming Ayudan Chronicle 100 Heroes game that comes out next year from the people who made Suikoden. And then, uh, what else here? There was one other. Oh, yes. Soundfall, which I bought on a whim because I saw the trailer and I was like, yeah, this looks fucking dope. It is a twin stick rhythm based shooter. And I have played a little bit so far and I, I'm not ready to give a full review or rating of it, but I can recommend that you play it if you like either of those genres, but in particular twin stick shooters, I'm really enjoying it so far. Definitely, definitely play with headphones. And if you're curious about what it plays like, what it looks like, I put a YouTube video up on our channel about the like the first ten minutes of gameplay. You can check that out. But it's it's really cool so far, and the beat of the music pulses through the, through the dual sense. So that's kind of neat. I stopped being a fan of rhythmic twin stick shooters after Columbine. <laughs> fair. That's fair. That's understandable. You know. Some, some, it that that'll scar you for life. Well, right. not very long. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, too soon. I don't All know. right, let's, <laughs> Travis. Let's start to wrap the show up here, mm-hmm. as we always do, by discussing what we have been playing and anything that we're looking forward to. So, what's on your plate? Yeah, we we played a little bit more F one twenty one, and we actually were at a track we both like, the Red Bull Ring. And Austria. Yeah. Ripple Ring is one of my favorite tracks. It's just fun. It's um, it's it's not that it's easy per se. Like it's funny because on the F one game, it literally says very easy, and it is compared to like Monaco, for example, which is the hardest fucking track in the world. It's just fun. It, it's there's there's some technical parts that you have to get right, but you can really feel the speed in the car. Like you know, it's just fun. I think we got our first. We got a double podium there. That's right. Which begs the question. Um, is the AI too easy or did our, our advancements in our car finally catch up? So both are by legitimate questions and they're both probably true to some extent. So we'll figure out the balance on the difficulty at some point. Uh, it might take us a minute, but yeah. we'll be there. What else did we play? Oh, Insurgency was fun. We played some Insurgency this week. We played against bots and humans. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, when you play the bots, you know, oh God, I don't even know how many kills we had playing the bots. I think we both had like 40 kills, you know, each mm-hmm. time we would finish a whole a whole game, you know, you'd have forty something kills on the bots. So it's not that it's necessarily easier because I mean, I legitimately got my head blown off a couple of times where like I'm sneaking around like you know you normally would, and you come around the corner <laughs> and they just blow your fucking face off. It's like, okay, just pow. Yeah, but that being said, you know, if you want high volume kills <laughs> with action, that's the way to go. Uh, we did play against yeah. some other humans, and um, that was a lot of fun. The, obviously when you play other people they're much better at like calling in helicopters and smoke and gas and stuff so uh that that part of it is another wrinkle you have to get used to but um 
No, it was a blast. We had a good time. You know, I'm actually not bad at it. And we were playing with people, I think, that maybe were taking it a little bit more seriously than we were on a few mm. boards. There was also some boards where we were, like, getting our absolute shit pushed in, and we ended up winning. So, I mean, my favorite thing about it is, like, the damage is realistic. Like, yeah. one shot, they're down if you hit them in the face. And then, of course, I played GT7. Um, still trying to get some credits for, you know, so I can buy that last card, get that trophy there. And I'm slowly racing online to get to my 50 races. So I did some missions just to get some credits out of the way. Some of the missions are, are easier. And they're just kind of fun because they're, you know, they're missions, they're challenges. So it's like, you know, pass seven cars in a half a lap. And it's like really difficult. But it's just fun to do. Um, and it's a good way to get your miles uh, for your daily challenge without actually, you know, like racing online or whatever. So I, I did that a little bit when I had some time to kill. I did race online. I won at trial mountain which is one of my favorite tracks past a guy in the last lap it's on youtube if you want to watch it i did some commentary there it was um unexpected i, I didn't i didn't put it in the video and i talked you know i think the world record time i was probably like four seconds off and that's not great if i'm under two seconds is when i'm happy like when i feel like i'm in really good form driving i'm at worst case scenario i'm two seconds off the world record pace like that's when I feel like I'm in good form. And when I'm in great form, I'm teetering on a second, right? And even then, you'll still be like four or five thousandth in the world ranking on the fastest lap. Because like everybody's yeah. fast. But, you know, I ran like, I don't even remember what my time was. I was I was legitimately like, it didn't even feel fast. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, didn't feel fast at all. And I uh, got into the lobby and I was second on the grid. I was like, okay. So... There must be like nice. there must be like a pretty big division of of talent on that track. There must be like a because there are tracks where like if you're within three seconds of the world record, like you're doing really good. And I didn't think Trial Mountain was one of those, but regardless, I started second and I ended up winning the race. Uh, and I, and in the race, I was actually faster than my qualifying time. So I was I figured out how to get faster as the race went along, which is how I found the guy, which is a good thing. I'm always. You know, like I say in the video, my race pace is what I'm good at. I've never been good at qualifying, but being consistent, getting the same speeds on old and new tires with, with lots of fuel and no fuel, that's what I'm good at. Um, so anyway, that, that kind of shown through there. And I told you it was my first win. Oh, However. Yeah. Did you lie to me? I went to look at. Did you, did you, did you lie to our YouTube did, audience? So oh, you fucking. I went and looked at my stats. This fucking guy. To see how many races I had. And I've done 11 online races, and I've won two of them. And I don't remember the other one I won. <laughs> I have no idea what it was. Really memorable, huh? Yeah, I don't. I swear, there's no way. How would I forget that? It, it can't be right. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I don't know. I've, I don't know. I have another race saved, but I didn't win that race. I came in third in it, but the only reason I saved it was because like there was 15 crashes behind me, and I thought it was funny. But anyway, that's all I've been playing. But we'll see. We'll see what this week has. Well, as you can see, I've been playing quite a bit this week. I'll start with F1. We both played that together. And uh, yeah, I fucking love that Austrian track. Austria, hey? Throw another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> yeah, that I could. I felt like I could just fucking fly on that track. And uh, that was definitely a, a needed change of pace after we did the one in France that's just like a fucking corkscrew. Yeah, I put that one on there just to kind of see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not good at that one. Yeah, so I, I really 
enjoy F1. I don't understand what's going on with the with the vehicles and like the parts and or the cars and the, like the parts and shit. Like all that's kind of above me. Uh, you know, it's I, I don't understand the tech, the technical aspects of it, but the but the on course, the racing itself, which is the part that arguably has to be the most fun, is truly fun, and uh, I I really like it. The only problem is, is that I can only do like one circuit at a time or one race weekend at a time because it just fucking destroys my hands because I just get like so into it and I'm like got like a death grip on the dual sense and it's just fucking vibrating mm-hmm. and fighting me and everything. My hands hurt so fucking bad after we do a race. So, uh, but yeah, I really like it. Really like it so much so that I pre-ordered 2022 as I told you. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I'm excited about that. That'll be fun. And they will have the Miami gp on there and all that stuff so i'm excited about it and how have, have co-op career of course mm-hmm. which is what we've been doing so of course also played insurgency as you mentioned and uh yeah that that game's phenomenal and just the gunplay the gun audio the gun animations it's kind of funny sometimes too like yeah it's that's why I was laughing when you were talking about it. you got your head blown off a couple of times because you'll come you'll like they'll like kick in a door and shoot you like immediately it's just like yeah. pow and you're just like really surprised by it and you're dead at the same time and you can't help but laugh because just like boom pow and you're dead it's also hilarious like it happened to you one time I was watching you play because I already died and you yeah. just, I heard I heard the noise and then you, you were just dead. <laughs> <laughs> or you can hear this when you hear the cell phone on the suicide bomber oh, ones yeah. and you hear like they're ringing and you're just like oh fuck where is it coming? and then boom and you're just fucking dead like that one that the one i was in that room and the guy you heard the cell phone coming and i was the last one alive and i'm like <laughs> i'm hip firing dudes taking them out and he comes uh, in and blows up the door and yeah. somehow i lived <laughs> i don't know yes how I, lived. I heard it and i said oh, i heard the cell phone i said oh no and then <laughs> Like the door saved your life somehow. The fucking wood door. That's so that was pretty funny. But yeah, man, I love that game. And uh they're putting out a big update next week, kind of like Hell Let Loose. Some a new map, a couple of new shotguns, some other stuff. So we'll have to check that out. And I guess we're gonna have to check out Hell Let Loose as well, because they're adding a shit ton. So I'm not done there. Wasn't done there. I played some Arcade Geddon over the weekend. I wanted to just check that back out. They've updated it quite a bit since the last time I played it. I recorded some gameplay that I'm actually going to put on the YouTube channel that I'm sure is going to get copyright claimed uh, because I think I forgot to put it in streamer mode and it's another kind of like music heavy game. Arcade Geddon is not to be slept on. It's a fucking awesome game. I forgot how good it was, how great it is on the dual sense, how satisfying the gunplay is and watching the shit like explode into like paint goop or whatever or like you use the laser gun and the fucking robots cut in half and whatever so fantastic game fucking awesome uh definitely recommend that it's in early access right now you can get it for 20 bucks it's gonna go like whatever full release in july it's gonna be 30 so if you're at all interested get it now and save yourself 10 bucks i also re-downloaded rainbow six extraction like i told you i was thinking about doing at lunch the other the other day Hopped in a game, a cup or uh, a mission on that over the weekend. I think I actually got a couple of good randoms that I was playing with, and that was fun. Uh, I think that game is a little bit underrated, especially if you have people that you can play with, that, uh, friends that are, you know, not randoms. Usually, randoms are, as you all know, I'm sure, pretty hit or miss. But uh, yeah, that game's underrated. I mean, it's nothing crazy like 
if you're on the fence, definitely don't pay 40 bucks for it, but it's on sale pretty regularly now and it may even be on PlayStation Plus premium at some point. But yeah, I can recommend that as well if you're into like co-op uh, kind of tactical uh, horde shooter experiences. Pretty fun. And then I got back on my saddle. I re-downloaded Red Dead Online <laughs> because I'm a fucking idiot. Played some some of that. And that's just... I mean, you know, Red Dead 2 is my favorite game ever, so not much else I can say about it. Uh, they obviously haven't updated that game because it's it's they have abandoned it. Um, but there are some rumors that they've been updating some things in the back end that people have data mined from the servers. So there's just scuttlebutt about something coming, but we don't know what. In reality, it's probably nothing, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, Red Dead Online, I'm back. So then... I played WWE 2K22, some more My Faction, not much else to say about that game. It's just, I can't believe how much I like it. It's just really fun to play. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not getting you know too serious about it. Um, but yeah, it's a ton of fun. And every wrestler that I've used so far feels different from their like moveset and stuff. It's, my favorite has been Rey Mysterio because he just fucking like flies all around and dive off shit and it's just awesome but uh, and he does like these spin, he's like somersaulting backflip things and pins I don't know it's cool so anyway yeah, yeah, also, fun game it seems like there's no uh, weight to it as like I feel like when you play 2k sometimes there's like a weight to it like a, like a pressure mm. but WWE just seems like you're just seating your pants you'll figure it out as it happens yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it's very fun and then the last thing that I played and finally y'all are like fuck this guy when's where's this guy getting all this time but uh, some of the stuff I only played for like an hour or so but the last thing that I played as I mentioned earlier was Soundfall the indie game that just came out this week uh, on PS5 and PS4 it's a rhythm based twin stick shooter and it is very good so far definitely uh, something to check out like I said play it with headphones the the soundtrack is actually like real songs, which I, I didn't know. I didn't expect that, but it's like real licensed music. Oh, okay. And I What's got a copyright. <clears throat> you know, like whatever. They made the music themselves, but, oh. but it's like an actual like artist made soundtrack. And so I got a copyright claim on that video and I tweeted at him like, what the fuck? And they're like, well, just fill this thing out and we'll whitelist you. So they whitelisted me on YouTube. So I won't get any more copyright claims for any Soundfall video that I put up. So. I'll probably put out some more of that at some point. It is $30 normally. It's on discount for PS Plus right now, 10% or 20% off. I don't remember which one. So check that out. PlayStation Universe gave it an 8.5 today. So that's a pretty good uh, review score there. But uh, I think it's a little bit of a sleeper title for this year. Anyway, that's it. That's all I played. That's all we played. And that's it for the show. We've had enough, and you probably have too, so we're going to get out of here. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast service or YouTube, and we'll get delivered to you every Monday with a new episode. Also, if you didn't like it, don't forget to review us or leave us a thumbs up or a heart or stars or whatever. Give us a rating, a review, a comment. Very much appreciated. Helps us with the algorithm and all that to get connected with more people. And then also, of course, don't forget to find us on social media, Twitter at the DualSense Pod, 
Instagram, Facebook, blog post, or uh, blog, not blog post, blog. Uh, find us on all that. Let's talk PlayStation. And uh, yeah, we'll see you out there. Have a great week. Take care and we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.